Welcome back to Humanity Unlocked. I am your host, Kimberly Dia, and I have another very special guest for today's episode. My son, Jordan Stutzman, is here to give a voice to a few different issues that are impacting our youth today. Jordan is a 21-year-old real estate agent based in the Sacramento area. He is a child of divorced parents. His dad and I split up when he was only seven months old, and just before he turned six years old, we agreed to a 50-50 custody arrangement. He adhered to the arrangement for 12 solid years, week on, week off, living in two very different homes with two very different sets of parents. It is more common than ever for kids of divorced parents to be growing up in two different homes. And what's interesting about Jordan is that he was one of the first I knew of at that time. Now, age 21, he is able to look back on the experience with an understanding of what was gained versus what was compromised, and his insight may surprise you. We're also going to talk about his metamorphosis that took place in high school, going from being an incredibly undisciplined and very ADHD child to a self-improvement junkie. His discipline extends from fitness to mindset to career to relationships, and this started before the age of 18. Do his peers judge or do they respect him for his commitment to self-improvement? How did he navigate going from a high school teenager to adulthood and what was the pressure of that like? And throughout, I will be asking him for his advice for parents and divorced parents of teens on how to avoid pitfalls when raising the next generation. Please welcome my son, Jordan Stutzman. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay. <clears throat> You're welcome. We have so much to cover, and I don't want to waste any time, so forgive me for jumping right in. I want to start with your childhood because I think it's the thing that is so relatable for parents who are listening and who are looking for feedback on how to maybe navigate either parenting or especially co-parenting, I think, with, with, uh, when their kids are in a 50-50 custody arrangement. Because for parents, these situations can be incredibly nerve-wracking, and we always think the worst. And we think about all the ways our kids' childhood will be compromised. Uh, so I want to get your perspective um, now being on the other side of it. Can you recall your earliest memory of the custody arrangement and how the, in, the experience for you evolved over time? Because I know it did. <laughs> mm. Well, my, my earliest memories, I mean, it was just, you know, I think your, your reality as a kid is your reality. And until you get older, you don't realize like, oh, child, so many, there's so many varying ways to have a childhood. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was like, that was normal. Um, just going back and forth, back and forth. Of course, I didn't like it, but it wasn't like a constant, um, like, like at a certain age, I think after like five or six years old, especially once I had like healthy, healthy on both sides, I guess yeah. I would say like, um, and I, you know, my stepmom, who's my stepmother today was, you know, with my father, like going back and forth from there was, you know, it just my reality. And, you know, of course I didn't like it and I didn't really notice, I didn't really like realize how different it was until mm. I moved out until I moved to San Diego and I had my own place and I, I had a roommate but I never had to move right ever again like it was like <laughs> versus the first one bed <laughs> yeah the 15 years before that you know it was every every seven days I you know sleeping right. in a different bed so so you I I guess there maybe wasn't for you a separation between because it started off with you, because we split up when you were seven months old, and you did every other weekend for the most part, um, or less, every other weekend or less, up until right before you you turned six. And then you went 50-50, week on, week off. So you don't recall, are you saying that you don't recall when it went to the, because I had you, I guess that would be 80% of the time to 50, so that wasn't like a, for you, a, um, 
it wasn't traumatic is what is that yeah well yeah, yeah I definitely like bef- like prior to six years old I like most of my memories are with you because I spent most of my time with you right um so I do have key memories with my dad especially my dad was one who moved around a ton yeah. I think we probably moved like three times three, ever yeah. my dad probably moved like no, ten two. times no three you're right three Two or three um, times for us, but 10, 10, 11 times probably with my dad. So, and varying different kinds of places, you know, so it, it was all around the area. So, um, I, I just have, very, I have like key memories, but they're not, they're, you know, they're faint. Yeah. I think it obviously depends, um, on each, each circumstance and from person to person, it's, it's going to be different, but it, I think it's good for me to hear that. Cause I thought that when we went from every other weekend to week on week off that it was going to be this huge change for you and it was going to be traumatizing and it was going to be um like a defining moment in your life that you may look back on with because you did have a, the truth is you did have a hard time at the time mm-hmm. but you in time like kids do they they start to assim, they, they start to assimilate and they start to um you know I think they're pretty resilient in these circumstances. So it was, it ended up being a, a real positive thing, but you don't, what you're saying is you don't really recall the change between one to the other. I mean, no, like no. It, it wasn't like a hard transition in my life. Uh, and I think for like, this might be, I don't know how to say this exactly, but I think for a lot of people in that situation, like the parents make it a lot harder for the mm. kid. So it becomes like a harder thing. The parents are fighting. The kid sees that you guys kind of kept that, if you guys fought at all, really, like, you guys kept that completely away from me, so it wasn't like I, like, it was just normal, it, yeah. like, you gotta remember, too, like, you and my dad, I, I have zero memories of you guys ever, be, ever being together, right. that, that's not a reality of my, of my existence, yeah, so, like, this is my normal, and so if you, you guys weren't battling it out, you guys kept yourselves cordial, um, I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mm-hmm. This is just compl- like no questioning that that was just how it was, and I was already seeing my dad sometimes, so it just yeah. So it was comfortable transition, which is probably why it wasn't. And, um, and it, it maybe it's worth touching on, like not like going around it. That like after you know you guys split up when I was one years old, my dad was with uh, another. He married, remarried Your sister's an, mom. Yeah, my 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 oldest sister's mom um, for a couple of years there, and then met my stepmother, who is mm-hmm. currently my stepmother and has yeah. been for a decade and a half plus. Mm-hmm. So once that, once my dad met my current stepmother, things really took a turn for the, for the absolute best. Well, that's actually when you did, that's when you went 50, 50, right? Which makes sense. Yeah. 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 Because it was at that point they were, he was stable. They were stable and it was, um, yeah, I, I, we were, we were, we agreed on it then before that it wasn't so much. So, um, okay. I think that, you know, like, I think what you hit on about, I think the parents make it harder. That's a really good point. I think you know, I somehow intuitively knew that if I were to make a huge deal about this, either to your dad or to you, it would not translate well in your experience over there. So um, even though I was dead inside over it, like I cried myself to sleep, it was very, very difficult transition for me because I had you by myself for six years and then giving you up 50% of the time, it was very, very difficult for me. Um, but what you said about the parents is huge because I think that we put our own issues onto our kids um, and we assume they feel how we feel and we don't allow them to 
Um, and also too, it's a burden for them to carry around like, oh, mom is sad. Mom is upset that I'm at my dad's house or, or, or mom is drunk. Mom's mom can't handle this. You know, like mom is binging. Like, like I know I have friends or that have gone through divorce in their, you know, tween teen years uh-huh. and their parents, you know, go off the deep end in, in one way or another. And it's like, they have to deal with that. Yeah. It's like, you guys never put me in a scenario to have to pick up your guys' mess. No, it doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Right. I mean, it was, I would say in all of my 45 years, the single hardest thing I've ever, ever been through is that. And I've been through some stuff. Um, it, it, there's not, it, it's very unnatural to separate from your child after you've had them to yourself for so long. And so it was painful for me, but you would never know it. And you're right, your dad and I never, it, and it took us a long time. It took us about five years. Um, people are always surprised now when, when they when they find out we're friends and I'm friends with um, Jordan's stepmom, Carolyn, and um, they're always surprised. But you got to think, we've been split for 20 years. And so... Um, I would say the first five years were contentious. I mean, it was a lot of, and a lot of that had to do with who he was with at the time. Um, but once he met your stepmom, Carolyn, and she's like the biggest peacemaker ever. And then I was with Mark, who's the same way. I think the step parents make it or break it a lot of times. And so your dad and I were able to repair. And then the fightings, we really never fought after that. We may have disagreed, but it wasn't ugly anymore. And I think, um, that's advice for step parents too out there. Like you really hold a lot of power to have influence on your, um, on your husband or wife and the kind of father or co-parent they're going to be. So you have actually gone on to say that it was, we were writing. So we were after high school, we drove and we're going to get to this later, but we drove to down to San Marcos, San Diego County, where you went to college. You were down there for two years. Um, and it was on that drive that, you know, obviously we were talking a lot and you said that, uh, that arrangement was the biggest gift. Like I, in my mind at the time, it was going to be this huge curse and compromise on your life and it was going to do nothing but take away. But, but you, so you articulated so well that it was actually the opposite. And I want you to share with our listeners, cause I know there's going to be people listening who have kids in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, tr- I'll try my best to kind of, you know, say it from the heart the same way that it was then. Cause I remember that, mm-hmm. um, and what, what I really meant by that is that, like, I would not have, I think the way, what probably what I said that hit you most was I would not have wanted to have it e- with either way. Like, I would not have wanted to just have you and Mark as my parents or just my dad. And, like, if I could pick the more normal scenario of um, just, like, single, like, just single household living, I would not want, I, if, if I had A, B, and C laid out in front of me, I would absolutely choose to live in both. Because you guys both taught me completely the kind of different things, but there's also things of the the Venn diagram does uh, overlap in certain places where I where that and that's like my hard foundation. And I think when you have you know, and, and <laughs> if it's cordial, like I said, the, then having four amazing parents is better than just having two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I mean. Uh, Oh my gosh, you guys' personalities are so different the way you guys... What are. what are some of the differences between like family structure and our home and their home or our family and their family? Because I know we couldn't be more different. What are some of the differences, like some of the some of the, the positives you took from each? Oh, well, I mean, you, you guys have taught me how to like, how to be like a really good person and like how to like be like responsible and like you guys have taught me a lot about like my faith on this side of the family with you 
And my dad has taught me a lot about, and, and then one of the, the colliding things is money. That, that's one of the things you guys have both taught me a lot about money. Being responsible. And responsibility regarding money and different ways to do that because uh, that's one of the biggest differences is kind of how like fi financial things are, are thought of, but yet you guys are both financially responsible and like, mm -hmm. but in two kind of very different ways. I think it's really cool. Um, I think that's important that children know that. Yeah. As you know. Um, but my dad really taught me how to not take life too seriously and like really how to have fun. Mm -hmm. He taught me that family matters most more than anything. Mm -hmm. And that, um, and that you, you know, you don't get back certain times of your life. So like that's important, but then on the same, so it's like <laughs> you only, you only get this certain time of your life once. So live it the right way. But then it's also like, don't, don't waste it. It's like, and, and, yeah. th th and that's also something that collided on both sides where, yeah. Yeah, if that, if that makes sense, it's hard to no. I understand. Articulate the same I way, think we prioritized structure, and we prioritized schedules, and we prioritized having a routine. Um, I also prioritized. I mean, I was I, you know I me. Mean, I'm like big on nurture, obviously, and um, care, you know I was a stay at home mom too. So that was probably part of it. And we didn't have, not to say we didn't have fun. I mean, I know we had fun, but it's like we did not prioritize fun the same way your dad did. Your dad really made sure that you guys were always having fun. Like you guys went away um, every summer. You went out of town on the weekends. You were always doing things. And if you were only with us, that would have been missing from your life. Um, and like living in the moment like that, like what you're, to your point. So um, that's a huge that I mean that that's a huge deal because um, I would feel bad now knowing that oh my gosh we never took you on a single vacation I mean I think we did we took you to Disneyland but um but yeah it, it is a big deal and I think that um, parents that you know you have to try to see the good and like there are issues that I mean there were there were always things that maybe he didn't agree with that I did or I didn't agree with that he did he might have thought I was too soft on Jordan and. I might have thought he was too hard on you. Like, that was probably our main thing. We didn't be have beef over it, but it was, you know, it was understood that we probably both disagreed on that kind of thoughts, on that kind of stuff. But um, but the good outweighed the bad at the end of the day. And that also, too, I feel like the more flexible you are and the more you sort of, like, um, give grace to the other parent, the more grace they give you. So, like, if you wanted to spend an extra couple of nights with me, um, and I said, and he said, yes, it made me want to give him grace when he asked. So it was like, we had this understanding over time. So, um, we, being the first, do you realize that you're one of the first, it's like the first generation of kids that started doing this? Because I feel like in my generation and ones before me, it, you didn't, I didn't know anybody growing up that was doing a 50, 50 arrangement. Really? Are you aware? Yeah, no, it was like every other weekend or like. There just was no, there was no arrangement. So you were like among the first. And I find it super interesting because it's your generation now that can, that can reflect on it and talk about like, this is what it was like. Cause a lot of parents are, they have anxiety over it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think about that. And it, if I, when I do think about like my alternative, which would be like staying 50 fit or rather staying week, uh, two weekends a month, mm -hmm. you know, four day, four days a month. I'm seeing like kind of how my, my sister was my, my older sister. She's not uh, older my, than my, you, but the older of the sorry, two is what you're yes, saying. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I meant. She's 17. Yeah. Um, she 
she spent, you know, four days a month with my dad and all the rest of the time was with her mother. And like, imagine that being my scenario. I couldn't like, I just, I feel like, um, that's, it's unfair. Like if you have two, like, you know, functioning sides, yeah. then you, you need to give, you know, yeah, it, it's better for the child to have that time spent. Um, and you know, one of the hardest things I think for parents is they don't know what they're, you know, it's such a part of us to want to know what our, that our kids are safe and what they're doing, like, you know, and when they're not in our care, we don't know. And we're not entitled to that when they're in the other parent's care. We're not entitled to know all that. And that is a really hard thing, I think, for parents. And um, so I think that that's where, you know, you just have to um, focus on the good stuff. I mean, pl believe me, there's plenty of things I'm sure that I did not enjoy about the situation. Um, but I think the more I could see that he was, there were certain things about it that he was getting that... I wasn't able to give because I was also disabled for a lot of that time. So it was like, yeah, there was right. a lot that they were able to pick up and help help out with. Well, well, one thing that I'll just I'll just mention that's uh, and I should have said it, you know, earlier when we were kind of really comparing the, the, the two different families. But my dad gave me confidence and yeah. taught me how to defend myself and put Very me true. into into um, various you know martial arts from wrestling to to jujitsu too but like that is like fundamental to who i am yeah. so like can you imagine if he didn't have you know having uh -huh. me four days a month there's no way he could control whether or not i was or or you know because i needed him to control that he forced me to join wrestling in seventh grade and that changed my life right so like if he if he wasn't if he wasn't allowed by the court to have that big of an influence on my life, my life might be different. We never went to court. So, so well, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> it, it, let's say the court ruled, you know, forever mm -hmm. that, you know, until I no. turned 18, that he only had four days a month to be with me. It's like, I would, yeah. I would be influenced entirely differently. And I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And, and, and it ties into, like you said, I mean, it, during that same time you were, you know, disabled, the, the worst that you were out of, you know, out of yeah, your entire you. journey, it was, you know, some of the worst. And, um, you know, and Mark was working, you know, and, and, and Mark's, you know, Mark's taught me a lot about masculinity too in so many other ways and providing and care and like stability, I think. Stability yeah. and, oh my God, like things that my dad, you know, like. You what know, he didn't value yeah, quite as much. Exactly. Oh. So I just feel like it's this whole balance where like this whole yin yang of there's like four different. Yeah, your Turn. dad's value of family is unmatched. Um, the fact that he is very, it's almost its almost like mafia style. <laughs> Don't go against, you know, like it is really unmatched. And I i, I admire him for that. And I think he's, he, I think he instilled that in you. I bet that's the kind of father you're going to be. Um, where I am more, do what you want. If you want to spend the holiday with sons, it's fine. I would like to see you, but it's okay. Like I don't put those restrictions on you at all. Like I really want you to just do what you want to do. Um, you know, I always want, I mean, I would keep you home with me forever and never like have you leave the house if it was up to me, but I just, you know, I, I know what's best for you. I always want you to do what you want to do. Um, and so I'm always afraid to put that on you. And, but the fact that your dad's really instilled that your whole life, the value of family, it's always brought you back to your roots, but my, at my house as well, even though I'm not the one that instilled it, family's family, and it's always brought you back to your roots. And you've always put a high priority on it, even as um, what, when you didn't have to anymore. Like you can do whatever you want now. Yeah, yeah. I still hang out with my grandma, watch, <laughs> watch Kings games with so my uncle true. too. Yeah, it's so true. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, I do wonder if there's any advice that you would have for 
parents or step parents even who either are in this situation now with their children or who could be looking at going through this situation, um, what would be looking back on it now, where do you think the parents have the, like what's, what's the biggest role that the parents have in order to make this go as seamlessly as possible for the child? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, you know, I I have to say this is that like, I'm not, in, I'm not in a perfect position to give advice, you know, having yeah. not been in their position. And of course. I, I should thank all step parents for just for being there, for doing that, for taking that, mm-hmm. that charge. Um, cause I know that's not easy and it's different. It's entirely different. I mean, kids are different. Some parents are going to have a whole way harder time than Mark did. Right. And, but, and Carolyn, um, yeah. Or an easier time <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's definitely easier kids out there than me, but, um, I think it's important to going back to kind of how we we started this a little bit. Um, it's important to make it's make it about them, yeah. uh, and to, you know get out of your own way and um, really look at the big picture. Remember that this is their life forming, um, and that you know this like it's really important the input, especially at that young age. Like I, I'm not sure you know. I guess we're talking zero to 18, right? But especially like pre 12 year old, like, like Mm -hmm. really like, you know, treat them like your own, your own child, but, um, you know, move at their own pace, you know, give them the love that you would. I think, you know, I honestly, I think it might be easier for folks who already have their own child as biological because they, they understand how that works. I think I, I really, it it must be hard. It's hard to imagine like something that Mark got into where it was like, he had never had his own child before and he jumped into that position with me. And then, you know, now he has, he has Jasmine, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I would just say, do what Mark, ask, ask Mark for advice (laughs) (laughs) seriously, because I mean, he was just, you know, there for me and he was so not pushy. I will say, you know, I will say, he, Mark never made it, not that I can remember, made it a point to try to, like, be my dad. No. No. He kind of followed your lead on things. He never um, tried to be my dad. He never tried to, like, let's just, you know, try. he never even tried to take me out. Just him and just him and I, just one-on-one, just to, like, force me to, you know, bonding time. Like, that was never the thing. Like, he met he me. Where, you probably just don't remember. Well, like, I, uh, but, like, he never, like, did anything that I didn't like. Like, like oh no 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 not no but you we, guys yeah. we bonded over things that like he, soccer and stuff you so, guys would do that 100 percent yeah. sports like that like he met me where i was at like yeah. i love soccer cool he was going to become the soccer coach because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was his shit too and your dad right. loved wrestling your dad became the wrestling exactly coach. Yeah, yeah exactly right like kind like, of find that commonality right that you have i have a girlfriend who doesn't have um children of her own biologically but she's got two step um sons who they like work she she's a competitor a fitness competitor and the boys like working out and so that they, they bond over that and so it's That's like awesome. that find that one thing yeah so um all right well yeah i hope hopefully that's helpful and you know one of my goals is to actually get your dad and carolyn on here with mark and i to do an episode on on that so oh, that, that'd that'd be really, be awesome. yeah, and, that would be awesome and yeah and just to say like like mark like he did, he bonded with things like music you know like like yeah. where, where where i spoke up and said oh i like that he went down that, you know, path, whether it was. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because at first I'm like, what do you mean he didn't bond with you? But what you're saying is he didn't push things on you no, that you were not like, interested in. He wasn't like, I like this. I think this is going to be good for Jordan. So Jordan needs to get gotcha. a, get some of this. It wasn't like that. No. You know, he just kind of was like. He followed um, your lead on yep. things. Yeah. Yep. I agree. 
Um, okay, so we're going to switch gears a bit. Um, we're going to talk about um, this metamorphosis that you went through because if you guys knew Jordan back when he was younger, which some of you will have and some of you won't, um, he was the, 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 the sort of kid who he didn't ever finish his assignments. He was very ADHD. Um, you know, he's, he was the kid that always stayed in during recess um, and just very disheveled. And, like, if you went to the school, like, you could always spot his desk because his was one that had papers pouring out of it and, like, books all over the floor. <laughs> like, just nothing like he is now. Um, and then there was, you know, he's, he's had a couple defining areas of his life um, that has, I think, been, like, little milestones and, and I think one of the first ones was wrestling when you got involved in wrestling when you were 13 um I want to talk about how it shaped you because I, I know it shaped you you know not only physically because you got in amazing shape but emotionally and psychologically and it it really lamed that laid that framework for later and just uh in general I think that sports sort of does that because one of the quotes that um I took from our pre-interview that you said is you know pressure makes diamonds and so I want you to talk a little bit about, because I think we are so, as parents, it is our gut instinct to protect and coddle our kids. And we're always having to work against that, especially. And when they're young, great. But when they're 13, it's time to sort of like, you know, you have to sort of go resist that instinct a little bit. And um, I want you to talk a little bit about your experience with when you got into wrestling and what wrestling was like for you and how it really changed you from that ADHD chaotic kid to where you ended up going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say like on the topic of just ADD for a second, wrestling was great because nothing had ever exerted me to that mm -hmm. extent. So actually like, I will say like after like a hard ass day of wrestling at first and it was the hardest I'd ever pushed my body ever at that time. And still like, I don't push myself as hard as I was as they pushed me in eighth grade. Right. Like yeah, cause on, you started in seventh, right? I started in seventh, seventh grade. Yeah. Right. Like, but just as an example, like I don't work, I don't work half as hard in, in the, the gym. in the gym these days that I did when I was you know yeah. thirteen years old, you know like I jumped into that and got my ass whooped like 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 by the conditioning and and, that, and that's that's what changed me it was it was the month and a half of conditioning before the season so the wrestling season started early November and. Um, Conditioning started mid-September. So, you know, the school had just started, seventh grade. I, I knew that I was going to be doing that. Um, and, I, you know, I was just nor normal. I just, but, but discipline was never, was not something that I had. It was, you know, and, and I think that my dad probably knew that that was waiting for me at that, at that age. And, you know, he, 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 he disciplined me in, like, structure and, like, household stuff like that. But as far as, like, um, competitive discipline or having, like, like, physically having the w the mental will to and the willpower to say like I'm going to keep doing something I'd never been through that I mean th the hardest thing I'd been through um prior to that was like so running in soccer right, right. getting my heart rate right up wrestling completely destroyed me and there were so many times where I thought I was going to quit I mean I was throwing up I was you know crying after practices um, drenched, drenched sweat. in sweat. And like, keep in mind, like th this is getting into winter months, you know, like sometimes it's raining and cold mm. and I'm sweaty and I'm tired and I'm hungry. And it's like, and I'm like 13. Mm -hmm. So like it taught me like how to like go through shit. And I think I decided, um, yeah, I decided again in, in certain other parts of my life and, and there were other defining moments, but, um, that, 
era that those couple of months of conditioning prior to the wrestling season where I decided not to quit, even though every day, all I, all that was, I was just, I wanted to quit. Like I'd never been through something like that. I was just being shooken. Boot camp almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I held on basically. Um, and I, and it's really that what they do is they, they put you guys through that to like really anybody that's not going to like it's cutting the fat, so right. to speak. And, and yeah, I'll touch on that. So we, we did not have tryouts. There was no such thing as wrestling tryouts. It was just the conditioning was so hard for that first month and a half. Um, and then if you didn't show up, you were just off. You were done. Yeah. You know, if you didn't show up, if you just, if you didn't put in the work, you're, you got, you, you're, they asked you not to come back. Um, I didn't want to be that one of that one of those people. Like I just decided and like there were people all around me dropping off, mm-hmm. dropping, just stopping mid practice you know, showing up, I, like, and just never showing back up again. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't want to be that person. Yeah, and we're talking, it was like five days a week, right? Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. Monday through yep. Friday, and about, I think, three-hour practices, I want to say, like yeah, three and, to six. Yeah, and this is just conditioning. Yeah, and then and then every Saturday, and, and then it gets into the real and wrestling. And then you have the tournaments on Saturdays right. all day. Right, yeah, after the, that condition, once November started, it was, you know, six days a week, mm-hmm. and then all, all day on that sixth day, Saturday. Yeah. Um, the only day I had without wrestling was Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And so you continued this seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Yep. And then eleventh you stopped. Yeah. Eleventh and twelfth is when I transitioned into weight training. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so in terms of I mean, I remember I remember sitting in the parking lot waiting for you to to come out. And a lot of times, you know, I think I wanna say it was like three thirty to six thirty or three to six. So, you know, you get there and you wait. And he's not, they're not coming out. They're not coming out. And you're like texting, like, what's going on? And you learn real quick that in wrestling, there is no end time. Like, they just decide when they're done with you, they're done with you. Yeah. And something that you talked about in the pre-interview um, is that that really changed you in the way, like, when you work out in the gym, even because, like, if you say, I'm going to do 10 reps or 12 reps, you always do an extra few reps. Mm-hmm. Or if you are on... You know, if you're running on the treadmill and you say you're going to stop at 20 minutes, you always add a few extra minutes because like wrestling kind of taught you that because it forces you to push yourself a little bit longer beyond what you think your limitations are. Oh, yeah. 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 You got to like you got to like mess with yourself. You got to like be your own like psychopath coach sometimes like because and that's what it it instilled. Like it's really important in the gym to not get complacent and to not get comfortable lifting the same weights if if you want to you know continue progressing. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have that psycho that like. Because in, in wrestling, it's a real person. It's actually your coach, and you're scared of that person. And they are like, you're you're not allowed. You're literally not allowed to stop sprinting. Yeah. You're not allowed to stop wall sitting. You're not allowed to stop, like, wrestling, drilling. Just and they're drilling, like. And drilling, and drilling, and drilling. And you're, in your head, you're like, when the fuck is it going to stop? My heart is going to explode. When is this going like to stop? And they're like drill sergeants, right? Yeah. Like, they're, you're scared of them. You don't want to yep. give up. Yeah. And, th- and then, like, God forbid someone messes up. Someone starts start slacking guess what restart the time let's go everybody let's go yep so it just it taught you that it's like there is no end in sight so and that's so key there's zero end in sight you have no uh, you have no control over the ending so just and and the only way the only possible thing you can do to make it end sooner is do your absolute best yeah so you just you you're just like i don't know when i'm gonna do my absolute best until i until it just until it stops like there's no and, and, and I don't know how to explain that. Like, I think it, bro- it broke you and then it built yeah. you back up. You know, you know, like when, you know, like when you're like a lot of times people like, um, 
in school, you, you, you run the mile and like you run like four laps around the track. Yeah. And then right as you're getting to the end of your fourth lap, a lot of people are like, oh, they kind of, they, 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 they end their stride as yeah. they're kind of pulling up to the finish line. Wrestling taught me to like sprint through that, that fourth, that on that fourth lap, I'm sprinting through that finish line. And then I'm still going to run an extra like couple hundred feet just for the fucking, j- just because, just because doing a normal mile is like what, what everyone else did. Mm. Like that is like the mindset you have to have in wrestling yeah. to make, like be on the varsity team and to like, you know, actually compete with some of these guys. And and I was jumping into it where there's guys on my team that have been doing this since third grade. They, you know, they've been wrestling since they were five years old, some of them. Yeah. So, you know, and I was getting my ass whooped by kids that were smaller than me, getting my ass whooped by kids that were uglier than me, fatter than me. Like, so it it, messes messes with your ego, too. And and it teaches you that it's not about, you know, what what you think about yourself is not everything. And what someone, you could never prejudge what somebody looked like on the outside, how they would be in a match. Because they could look either scrawny and be freaking amazing, or they could be overweight and, like, look like they're out of shape. But you never know until you're in that match, actually, how they're... Because people... That's a, it is a crazy sport that way. It's an equalizer. Like, yeah, like, it's an equalizer. That's yeah. what I like about martial arts. It's like, it doesn't matter, like, like where you come from or, like, how much money you have for some people. Like, it's... Or, like, yeah. even how tall you are, like, to a certain extent, like, like fighting is like a... It's an equalizer. It's a really good point. Um, I do want to um, talk about a little bit about the importance of this. A lot of this, a lot of this circles back to parenting because um, a lot of the people listening are going to be parents or moms. Um, <clears throat> the importance of exposing our kids to adversity um, while they're young to be better prepared adults. Um, again, it's it's counterintuitive because especially for moms, all we want is to coddle and nurture our kids. So it's so counterintuitive. And especially when you have privileged kids, which my kids, you know, when you think of privilege, you think just kids that don't have to worry about um, certain things and they just are, they're provided for. They don't have to wonder where the next meal is coming from. They don't have to, you know, raise their brothers and sisters and their, their parents are at home. Like I was a stay at home mom. Like there was a lot of these little luxuries that a lot of families don't have. it's not to cut you off, but no. like, yeah, I, I have, I have a lot. Actually, I know quite a few friends who like had a part-time job while they were in high school and to gave pay gave money to their, to their parents. Yeah, the money went to their family. I know who you're talking. There's a couple. Yeah. of them. Yeah, oh, I yeah. know who you're talking. Or about. they work for the family and they don't make any of the money. They just they're needed at the family company yeah. or the small business. So that's that, that's like built, and I, I don't know if I call that a adversity, but it's built in like, um, it, it it's building something it's a, in their life to help them. Yeah. So. It, when you don't have that, you have to manufacture something for your child because, I mean, this is my belief, you know, think what you want. Um, otherwise, you're not, you're putting them a little bit behind when, when, when they launch into adulthood. So it's, it, it prepares them. So um, it gives them a, just an added benefit. So I feel like that's the genius of sports. And I'm not like a crazy sports mom. We all know this. Like I, you know, I will do, I've done and will do whatever my kids are, are wanting to do because I know it's good for them, but I'm not that mom that like needs my kids to always be doing something, but I do see the value in it. Um, I know that wrestling for you is a a life saver, a life changer. And what are your thoughts on, um, exposing like those that, you know, cause you went to a high school. I mean, obviously there were some kids that were more, um, underprivileged but in terms of like the um friends of yours or teenagers who were um put they were in sports and stuff do you find that they were well better set up for life after high school 
Like, is there, is there an argument to be made for that? I think it's not a direct one-to-one, yeah. uh, but it, I think it is better for for the kid. It's better for their confidence. It's better, especially as a guy. I mean, I speak for the other yeah. guys out there. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be probably net, net benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are guys, of course, that, you know, totally, you know, like football team guys that just dicked off. Like they don't, they're not actually there for the sport. They're there for the, the side benefits yeah. and the, the, that exists for sure. The but status. And exactly. Like hundred percent that, that does exist. But, um. I think to like to achieve excellence in sports is really good and it could be fucking gymnastics. It could be, oh, yeah. it could be shooting bow and arrow, like whatever your kid is into. Yeah. And um, I, you know, what? I shouldn't even limit just to sports, you know, even if they're music or artist or say they're in theater, like they're just a discipline of some sort. Yeah. The discipline, well, it, it's good for it to be somewhat physical. Yeah, I agree. Like even like, if, dude, even if your kid like fell in love with playing pool, like playing, <laughs> like, like, like at least it's like somewhat physical, like, like, uh, I think it's good to like let them dive into something like that and to have that competition. Right. Like not everyone's going to be inclined to be competitive. I'm not the most competitive person ever. Like yeah. I don't like You're not and I'm not either. Yeah, but You can hold your own though. Yeah, but you need to be put in scenarios. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. Also wanted to um tell listeners about when you were 15, 16 and you I'm sure you'll remember this. Um I Okay, so around that time is when I uh, started losing weight and working out and started doing my competition prep uh, for, for the fitness competition. And I was listening to it because my trainer was would listen to them, and then I heard about him. would listen to a lot of motivational videos or podcasts or YouTube, you know, um, uh, videos and stuff like that. And so I just thought I remember thinking at the time like Jordan should hear this. Jordan should hear this. So I would play him in the car on audio just to listen to and ho- hoping that you would hear some of it. We're talking about like 15, 16 years old. So Jasmine's age, basically. And then um, I decided somewhere in there, because I don't know if you're ever really listening to it, because back then there were no AirPods, but you'd be like twiddling on your on your phone maybe. Um, you were, would ask for money. And um, <clears throat> I, you know, because I was a stay-at-home mom, there wasn't a lot of chores to do. And I was really bad about saving chores for you guys. I said, I'll tell you what, every time you want $10, you have to watch a video, like 30 to 60 minute video. I'll give you $10. So if you want to, you know, $20, like we just, we would come up with, remember this? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how did that, was that effective? You know what? I don't, I, so to be honest, I don't think about that moment too often when, I, because these days I, I love, po- like I know you do, and but, and I completely delve into it. So I, I have to give you credit because you were the first person to introduce Suppose me to you it. Do it yeah. yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure that had, uh, that was it. But I just needed to, like, I was spinning my wheels, like, 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 like on that, on that topic of like kind of getting into that content online and like, and like, cause it's, there's so much good stuff in that realm. Like you know, mm-hmm. the, the influencers and the people you, t- and the people you put on, like, I mean, I can name them like even Rogan, like, like Bill, you Rogan Impact, Impact Theory, Theory, Lewis House, School yeah, Greatness. Yeah. All those. hundred percent. That uh, and I don't listen to every last one of those. I do listen to some of them, like Modern Wisdom too. And but um, that it it didn't take long before I was listening to them just by like my on your own without own. getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it wasn't the, it wasn't always the same to- topics or conversations. No, but what, what would happen was they would have uh, someone would have, especially Rogan is really the one that caught because Rogan is the most entertaining of mm-hmm. them all. Probably uh, makes makes sense why he would be, but yeah. 
once that once that caught once I like saw the Kevin Hart interview with Rogan and like mm. someone that like I really Goggins was a big yeah. one for you. Well, well, yeah, we can we'll talk we can circle back to yeah. Goggins. That's yeah, but that like once I was like, oh, this is like awesome. Like like I I just didn't understand why like I didn't know this yet, and so I just I just started watching all the stuff. One of the other really big ones I that you one of the first Rogans I remember you ever listening to was Leah Remini. Leah Rimini. Really? That was yeah. one of the first ones? Yeah, first ones I ever remember you listening huh. to. Okay. Just then her whole story. Um, and that like I don't know. I it just I, I got interested pretty early on in podcasts. Like now now podcasting is huge. Here we are. Yeah. Um but <laughs> no, by no accident. Right. But um that was well, I mean, eight years ago. Yeah, I, I wanna say you were like six around sixteen when yeah, we started doing 21 that. Twenty one now. So Yeah. And before I knew it, I was I would overhear you listening in your room, but I just think that you know kids at that age are such spun. Well, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be influenced by someone. You know they are they just are they're very impressionable. Somebody's gonna catch their attention. They're gonna be influenced by someone, and sometimes I could say the same things. You know, probably not in as good of a way as these people on these videos are are, are talking about. I could say the same things and repeat it, but when it's coming from somebody other than you, somehow it resonates more with teenagers. And so um, I just intuitively knew that. And so um, that's why I decided, like, you know what, I bet. I bet. And a lot of them were male, too, where I felt like you could, re- like, have a relate a little bit. So um, I, I, and I know that was when you were in wrestling and weight training. So your, your, your disciplinary uh, the approach to life had already begun. And it's so, and it, it, it had begun, yeah. but it, it was not locked in. Like it, no, was, it wasn't it, locked it, in. It took it took until I moved out out of yeah. the house, and that and that's when it, things really started to switch. Like almost, yeah. it almost like was a snap change. Yeah. Uh, when especially when it comes to fitness it, later on, but yeah, but I want to talk it, about the, that. That the seed was planted early on, and and it, that's yeah, I, I that's why I you know was fit in high school. You know, I I was not I was a different kind of fit, but you know I was I was always athletic. Totally. Always. Yeah, you were. Um, yeah, you. So, so you moved out, and mm-hmm. you graduated in 2020, and you moved down to San Diego County um, for two years. And initially, when we spoke about this in the pre-interview, when you moved down there, um, you you know you had a few months where you were just kind of like, not wild would be the wrong word, but you didn't have a lot of discipline or you didn't really care about it so much. And then there was like a defining moment that happened that's really changed everything for you since then. And I want the listeners to hear about this because, um, I feel like it was, I mean, you talk about the voice in the back of your head in, you've talked about that a lot with me. Like you have the voice in the back of your head that nags you and stuff. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know if that comes from the years in your teenage years where we sort of were pouring into you or we were putting you in front of things that would sort of develop that conscience or not. I don't know where that voice comes from or if that's just innately in you, but the fact that it's there at all, some kids don't have one, <laughs> just here to say, like, you know. So anyway, so I want you to talk about, like, going off the rails and how you got back on. Yeah, yeah, so not not even, not as far off the rails as most people do go. Definitely not. Uh, like, you know, I, I actually stayed relatively responsible. Yeah. With all things considered. Did, did one year, and this is during my, my first year, uh, well, it wasn't even a full year, but it was it was my first couple of months of that first year moving in, and and that that first year I was in college and, you know, doing some part time work as well. But yeah, I was having a ton of fun, 
eating whatever I wanted, you know, I was never really a drinker, but you know, I was just drinking and really when I, when I say I'm drinking whatever I want, I mean soda. <laughs> I know that's your <laughs> that's actually drug of I, choice. Yeah, man. Just like pounding Coke zeros and just. How much you know, did you gain during that period? Well, in, in high school I was, you know, in, I wrestled in the low one fifties, mm-hmm. you know, but I was smaller, but I, I got up to about one eighty five, and for my, I'm, I'm five eleven. And change. So you gained about a good twenty pounds at least. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and that's what they say, right? When you move out, it's what they call it, freshman. Freshman, you, 15. freshman fifteen, usually, but right? yeah, you're always been overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. But you know, I looked at myself, and and you know, I I could see it happening, but I I didn't I didn't want to do anything yeah. about it. I was having fun. I, yeah. You know, I was I was also you know. Really, I, w- I was smoking a lot, too. I was, like, smoking a ton of weed right when I got down there. And just living life and fa- met this girl who I thought was, this is, like, December. So I moved in August, was wild in beach days, have, just, just having time in my life, but really just not getting anything done, um, not living a productive lifestyle. And I think this is why this happened, partly, if, if you believe in things happen for a reason, is that I met this girl who I was, like, infatuated with. And I, like, couldn't believe she lived, like, three minutes away from me, a mile away. She lived on campus. And I would see her, like, as soon as we met, I would see her every other day. Like, we were just, like, instantly connected. It felt like I had met, like, my, like, San Diego love. Like, and it happened right away. I was, like, I was just stoked. Like, I was high on life, right? Yeah. And and um, essentially, you know, I'd come back for Thanksgiving or, or yeah, I'd come back for Thanksgiving. We'd been together for, like like, a month or two or something like that. And then she essentially just drops it on me as soon as I get back in town um that like she was like the, the night before she was like do you feel like like you would want to make this more serious and like like actually be my boyfriend and I was like yeah absolutely like you know like I don't want to take it too fast but yeah absolutely the next morning she's like I don't want to be your girlfriend Ooh. and then I never I like never saw her again she just left mm-hmm. and, and like I like couldn't like believe it like it's like I'm sure this is what divorce feels like times ten, okay. right? Because it's Just like you, your entire life is like you feel like there's hard rails on this one path, and then it's mm. like, like yeah. it's like it's like you just got in a car accident, yes. like you just fell off the side of the hill. Oh yes, what the fuck? Like you know, and and that's that. I probably got a little little taste of that, you know, yeah. relative to yeah, it's painful, right? So yeah. yeah, and that changed that changed me. There was like couple of days where I was like I probably could have gone into like a deeper depression but um I found dude I don't even know how I got to it on YouTube I don't know what I was watching beforehand I think I might have I, just like I sent it to you you might have sent it to me I like might I, I know I feel, I'm almost positive that I did I, I think I might have already been watching Rogan's I, I think I think you I think know what I sent you the impact theory his uh, we're talking about David Goggins um David Goggins was doing he had a book that just came out called can't hurt me and so he was going on all the major podcasts. So I think I sent you the Impact Theory interview, and then you actually, you, what you saw is the Rogan interview. Yeah, and yeah. I remember watching, like, I remember watching this other random Rogan interview, like some guy that was in prison before, and then I think I clicked on it just on the sidebar, or, or it was the next, it just came yeah. up, and, or, or you know, I, I just maybe saw the name. I don't actually remember exactly how I got to that video, mm-hmm. but I remember when that video started, if you guys have seen the Goggins video, it, like, it'll lock you in as soon as you start it like, the first time he ever went on Rogan, and it, like, I don't know how to explain it, it just changed, like, I just, like, understood that, like, like, almost, like, the heart is, like, like, this is exactly what I needed, like, it was, it was, like, his, 
his message and his voice was able to tell me that like, no, that dude, this is exactly what you needed. And it was like, right as it had happened. So I was like, dude, like I have all this fuel in my gas tank now to now become yeah a better person. Yeah. And like, I freaking, I just, as soon as it happened, I found that I like that video changed me. And I turned all that like hurt into like literal, like fuel, fuel. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy. It felt crazy. And like the, the next, I don't know, you know, actually, I don't know if it was the next day. You know what? It was. It, it was, was the next morning. day. Yeah. It was the next day. Because you called me afterwards. Yeah, it was the next day. I'm like, I'm like doubting myself. But <laughs> no, like, I remember like, th- this was like, I like, I snapped and I woke up the next morning, put on my, my shit that I laid out the night before to go run. And my goal, my only goal was to run around my little apartment complex, which was less than half a mile. Right. I'd ran miles in, in high school. But that that less than half, like that point four mile run, of like a four mile or four mile per hour pace, made me throw up. I threw up all over my my front path to like walking back up to my door, and I was like, "Damn!" Like I was so ashamed of myself that I let myself like fall off because like that never would have happened in like the year before or two years ago. I had just been treating my body like shit, and you know I just decided it was time to lock in. So I the next day I did the same thing. Got nauseous again. I don't think I threw up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ran a little bit further. Then that two weeks later, I was doing two laps around the apartment complex instead of one. And then I found the courage. I don't know why I was, I was like, nervous to go back into the gym. The it, gym it, it felt yeah. like, I felt like a shame to, like. I know. I remember what I would ask you. Well, when you called me the, after you'd ran the first time, you said, Mom, I'm telling you this because my life, I'm changing my life and I want, you know, I don't know if you want me to hold you accountable or like just, I'm not sure what it was, but you wanted to make sure that I understood. And I was like, okay, great. Good for you. I was so, I was so excited for you. Um, but I remember asking you even before, like before that, after you moved in, I'm like, have you gone to the gym yet? Have you gone to the, because they I have this, the nice free gym there. And you kept saying, no, I can't. And I'm like thinking like, that's, you used to love to work out. Like what happened? But anyway, you did find your way back to the gym. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember that though. I remember like, I uh, think like, why haven't I gone? Like I, I've lived here three months. I haven't gone to the gym yeah. yet. Like, you know, like I remember thinking that and then it was like, okay, back to the, back to the mm-hmm. gym. Um, and that was like, once I like found, once I like got back in that gym and that became my happy place, it was over. Like I just like there, it was, it was also an easy, it was an easy distance. It was connected to my apartment complex. I probably had to just walk a couple hundred feet and it was, it was the perfect setup for me. So I just started, started shopping at Sprouts, started just, you know, buying, you know, meats and veggies and changed up my diet. You started cooking that actually, that actually came later. I will say that that came like within the next couple of months. But at first it was just step by step. You know, after like about a month or so of just running around my apartment complex, got in the gym, stuck to that hardcore. They had a punching bag in there, bought a pair of gloves and that became like my go-to cardio workout. Um, And I just kept showing up and like, it didn't matter. Like, like I would spend, I would spend so much time there. I would spend an hour plus every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, I wasn't working like a hard job then. I was door dashing and doing school as well. So like, or I was working at, you know, just a couple hours a week I was working. So I just spent more time in the gym. And even if it was just not working out, I just was in the gym. you were there like every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was going in there every day. Yeah. To, to, and I did that on purpose to make sure that the habit stuck. And yeah, because I knew that I, I knew I didn't have to be in there seven days a week for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I knew that if I put in this like 
huge bulk that would make it so much easier to then go down to six, five, four days oh, a week. And, that's in, that's and interesting. then that would be like pff, cake. Like now, yeah. like nowadays, like smart. four to five days a week, that's nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's really smart actually. Yeah. Um, and I was working way harder in the gym then than I ever do now too. Like yeah. I, I had this gas, that fuel, like if you, if you're someone out there who has that fuel right now, like if you, you feel that like, dude, use it. Cause it's not always going to be there. You know, time will heal. But that you cannot, uh, you can't manufacture that anywhere else. It's like, hard, like yeah. it's that's real shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, later on, I'm because you really started. I mean, you 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 did initially work at Chili's when you moved down there. Yeah, and then you started door dashing in school and whatever. But um, but you really started cooking for yourself, and you were making legit meals, and you started like buying very healthy groceries and you were sharing them online with your friend group. Um, like you have this little Snapchat group online, um, that everybody, I guess, I guess you share your, your meals and your workouts and stuff. And, um, we were all your family, like myself, Mark, I'm not sure who all uh, from your dad's side watches. Um, I know that my parent or granddaddy for sure does. And it's like, holy crap, like he's cooking better than we are. He's eating better than we are down there because you were just really committed to doing like basically protein and veggies and and you cut out like sugar, you cut out soda. I mean, it was just amazing transformation. And I think that it wasn't like, yes, transformation physically, you became super, super fit and all of that. But it was like your men mental transformation. You were holding yourself to a higher standard and you weren't accepting any less. And it was just, and it bled into all these other areas of your life where a higher standard for the relationships that you had with, with girls or women, a higher standard for the work that you did. Uh, it, it, it just really extended well beyond. And I feel like sometimes success and discipline, it begets more success and discipline. And that's sort of how I feel like it started with that running and it just bled into all these other areas, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, well, I'll, t I'll tell you what, though. And here's, here's like, really, really good tie-in. Mm. The, the like, of course, I had the fuel from from it, from, but I, like, I had the fuel, but I knew what to do with it because of wrestling. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, oh, I no, knew. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Because, like, I could be upset, and I could, I could beat myself up. I could, you know, get, I, I but I knew that, like, like you got to think too, like I wrestled for four years. So there were times in wrestling where I went through heartbreak. I had breakups in high school. I had whatever. I was still wrestling. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing I always showed up for in my life, no matter what. And, and I wanted to quit wrestling so bad, like, especially that last year. Um, but, but I, I never did. I always showed up for wrestling. So it, it like, I knew that like, and, and it helped me back then. Yeah. It helped like, like, like getting that out and like pushing myself. So I just turned back into that. Yeah. I just started put back on the Eminem playlist and just like treated it like I was wrestling again and like just yeah just the consistency like I knew how to be consistent like muscle memory that's another like thing mental muscle yeah memory. I was yeah. the wrestling be doing that six days a week all day on set like all that time like it, it that really taught me like where I I it's okay for me to spend it was easier for me to be okay with being consistent and spending that much time in the gym or running or doing something every day because I had been forced to do it every day. Yeah. Locked in, no questions asked. You're going to get in serious trouble if you're even, if, if you're, if you don't have your shoes on by, by three 30, mm. we're all doing sprints at the end of wow. practice and, and, the, and, and everyone's going home late. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think that experience made it easier for me to show up for myself. Yeah. But when I, when, then I had that fuel, I knew exactly how to use it. Mm -hmm. And I, and like, it's so interesting, like how it really was, it really was the foundation. 
Yeah, I, I was not fighting myself during that time. I was not convincing myself to get up and go to the gym. Like, it was just like, I was recording myself. I'm like, all right, guys, day three, I feel like shit. Legs are hella sore. I haven't ran in like, you know, I yeah. haven't ran in like over a year and a half. But today we're going to, today we're going to do one lap around the apartment complex and then do some push-ups. Yeah. That's how, I, literally how I started, just recording myself and sending it to my friends. One of the things um, that you, you talked to me about in the pre-interview, we talked a little about Huberman. Um, yes. Andrew, Andrew Huberman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, you've learned a lot as do I, we learn a lot from podcasts and, and, and people that are guests on podcasts that are professionals in their field. Um, and one of the things I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but that people forget about the fundamentals, um, that really, if you're looking to like overhaul your life, the way Jordan did, for example, uh, the importance of sleep, water and like movement, just these fundamentals, like just, you, you really stress sleep, like how important it is and how. Um, if your sleep is screwed up, it can screw, it can, and it can actually, um, compromise your, your success. Yeah. Yeah. I'm de- Yeah. Definitely. Like there are like, I believe in a routine. I believe in having like the core things that you stick to. And like, I, like I know what makes me feel good and like what matters most for me to be successful in other realms. And sleep is absolutely first. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've like, the, if someone, no matter like where their life is at, like it, and of course there's exceptions, but like. If someone asks me for advice on anything, like, 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 I, I just want to feel better. Like, I just want to be like, the first thing I always bring up is like, what time do you go to bed? Right. Like, it just, that's, and the people are often surprised. Like, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up in the morning? Let's yeah. start there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Let's, and then let's go to how much water you're drinking and let's go to how much you're eating and what you're eating. And so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely like those things, like, do not take them for granted. Like, another thing too is I feel more. like, People always try to overhaul, I mean, <clears throat> many people try to overhaul their lives in one, like like how you did. Oh, it, but even you didn't do it that way. You did it incrementally. I did. And that's what I think, you know, one of the like, one of the things you spoke about in the pre-interview was, like, you really stair-stepped it. You started this way, and then you went to this, then you went to this, and you added things on, and you acclimated acclimated through the process. And I think sometimes people just try to overhaul their life all at once, Yeah, yeah and they, then they quit. Absolutely. They, they just, they go and sign up for the, the, the jujitsu class where they go and just, they buy the gym membership. And it's like, I, you know, and I don't, I don't not support getting the gym membership, but for me, it was like, I proved it to myself at first. Like I, I started with running around my apartment complex mm. and then I did two laps and then I did three laps and then I, you know, and, and yeah. then I actually found the courage to walk into the gym. Like, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I proved it. And then I, and then I did get my, I did. I feel like I earned my gym membership and then like it was. Yeah. And you even started doing jujitsu for a while. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you get judged at all for your lifestyle or how do you, how do your peers respond to the fact that you do live this sort of life? Cause it's not super typical for a 21 year old guy. Right. Right. Do you feel that at all? You know, there, no one says much to my face Mm. really like people are very supportive. People are very like nice and people often ask me for advice. And the same, it's funny because there's people who I know have said things and like been like annoyed with kind of like my mm-hmm. out, my forwardness and, and how I like, I'm willing to offer advice on anything from exercise to supplementing. And I'm just like, I like, I will, cause I want to help. Yeah, right? no, I know. And people, like, it's, I know, I know people have gotten annoyed by it, but um, those same people have like, when they get COVID or like when they're like 
when they're upset, like, like, like they, they're the ones who come to me for advice because they know that I'm the most stable, responsible person at our age that they know. Like, like, like that's just the truth. Like there are very few people that are at my age that are like, they care about these things. They care about these things. Yeah. And so, uh, I get a ton of respect from yeah. people. I really do. And, and I really truthfully don't care if people don't like it because that, that's, that shows me something about them. Right. And there are so many people and like, when I say so many, I mean like maybe a dozen, like, like to me, that's so many people. Like there's like a, at least a dozen people who have told me how much it means, like how much it's actually like been a big deal that mm-hmm. I post what I do online mm-hmm. and I'm just super like open and raw about it. I don't edit any of the footage. I just pull out my phone. I'm like, all right, y'all, here's what I got from the grocery store. Like, yeah. you know, like let me, I bought this, I'm going to eat this for lunch, like during the week, like. I just do shit like that. Like yeah. I'll show them what I got, what I got from the groceries. I'll I'll just pull out my phone and show them a couple of workouts. Like here's what I do for my shoulders, and like it doesn't even have to like it doesn't have to be that video that helped them. But it's like oh Jordan's in the gym. Like J- J- Jordan's in the gym today. It, it, they can see 18 hours ago I was in the gym, and then two hours ago I was in the gym. Like the way the Snapchat's yeah, going because yeah, yeah. it, it's a 24 hour reel, and then right. after 24 hours whatever Drops I posted off. expires. Yeah. So every day someone can pretty much go to their it, Snapchat, which they're already doing to, talk, to right. do to do other bullshit. They're going to see, out of all the f- their friends, you know, they are going to see my posts, and my posts consistently show them awesome food being cooked at home, me going to the gym, showing them how I shop. Like, you know, like, that is... Do you kind of use it? Do you kind of use that Snapchat um, group as your accountability? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. I, I could see that. Exactly. It's yeah. part of the part of the reason why I started it is because I wanted to. I I believe that um I forget, I forget where I heard this first, but like, I believe if you want to make a habit switch, one of the easiest ways to do it is to not keep it inside. Mm. Don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. Oh, if you really want to make if you really want to make a habit switch, like th- I think I heard it. And it was it was phrased this way. It was like someone who someone who is serious about saying they're going to stop drinking alcohol is not going to like tell you like oh i'm gonna gonna stop drinking as much like they're they're gonna be like i'm done drinking they're gonna post it on facebook they're going to tell all their family members like i'm done like they're going to like be loud and proud and like Mm -hmm. because because yeah uncle jeff did that with his weight with his weight loss yeah the quieter you are about it the more worried you are about basically relapsing that decision yeah and the more likely you are too yeah so you know it's much more embarrassing to tell the whole world i quit (laughs) and then then, like you know like (laughs) yeah totally so that, that's it that's a little, that's piece, of a little yeah. piece of advice little piece of advice you're holding yourself accountable or you know by yeah no that makes you f- sense you force other people to hold you accountable because you just told them and you know they're going to be wondering they start to see, yeah yeah um i want to talk a little bit about the depression and anxiety epidemic among young people you you have stated that this is something that you've never really struggled with i've never known you just really struggle with depression or anxiety um i'm curious what you you yourself attribute that to and i wonder if it could be your lifestyle um because i what i do know is this you do not do well when you go long periods with no active movement movement like i've known you like to be um especially i feel like since being out of high school um when you would come home to visit like during the holidays when you lived down south still and I was like, let's just veg around all day because that's like my way is just like veg around all day and chat and drink coffee and, you know, cook food or whatever. And you're like, I got to go. I got to I got to get out of the house. I got to go do something like for you being active is such in, so ingrained in you. And I feel like if that was taken away, like that would be the only thing because you 
I feel like something actually, I, there was one night where your mood was just bad and you actually said, I just, I need to leave the house. Like that's what's going on. Like, th- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it's like that in my water. Like, like if I can't drink water and if I can't work out, like I'm fucked. Like yeah. I, I, I turn into a different person. I, I'm upset. I'm like more moody. Like I definitely need that like almost daily reset of like exercising. Um, and, and I believe that like your normal is can be completely different from my normal. Totally. How I feel, like what my baseline is, is so different from other people. And like everything you eat and everything you drink and everything you do and, mm-hmm. and, and how you feel and your stress levels go into like your, your baseline normal. And I think for so many people that have zero exercise in their weekly r- schedule or routine, have this baseline of normal that is keeps them at a more compromised state where like they're f- not just health wise, but like just f- like feeling wise, emotional Mental wise, health, like, yeah. emotional regulation wise. Like you're, you're meant to like, like walk miles every day. Like you're, you're meant to like move around like yeah. a, as a person, like we live in a world where like we, we We're like we, we chill yeah. in our house and we drive our cars and like we, we sit at desks and like, like you, like you, you have to manufacture that, that yeah. in, into your weekly schedule. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to work out every day like I did, but yeah, I, I think that's the only time I've ever seen you really, it's the only time I really saw you where you seemed like you were like on edge. Yeah. And which made me wonder like, Oh, is it the fact that he's had this lifestyle for so long to some degree that he's never really suffered from these things that most kids do? I mean, everybody, I mean, most kids do. There's not, there's more that do than don't. It's a huge factor. And I will say I had these conversations with my girlfriend about like, like Honestly, there are certain things that have happened in my childhood, like this period of years where I had a, a, a stepmom that wasn't so nice to me. Yeah. There are pure, there are things that have happened in my life that some people would definitely turn it or uh, receive as, as trauma or like hold on to it and like have these like things like be pivotal things that, that cause problems. And I just, I don't know if it's just the way I mentally was fr- framed it or you guys were able to shelter me from certain bad parts of my life or coach me through things. But I don't like deal with anything that I, that I've been through in the past. Like I, it's just not something I don't hold on to things. And I live a healthier lifestyle today. I don't, I don't work out as intensely and as hard as I used to, but I live a healthier lifestyle all around today than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. But I still, I, I didn't have all throughout high school, all throughout middle school. I didn't have like, um, uh, we, um, idiopathic depression or anxiety. Right. Like, like it always, it was from a reason. There was always a reason I, I've circumstantial, got circumstantial yeah. depression or anxiety, normal stuff. Like I, yeah. I've never had to go through something like the only time I've seen you ever really go through that is too. It's like during, like a breakup or something like that. That would be the only, yeah, no, you're 100%. a happy kid. Like you've always been a very, very happy kid. And um, I try to keep it that way. Yeah. I, try, I mean, I, I take, I take a shit ton of supplements every day. I drink a shit ton of, I drink, Four, 40 ounce yeah. hydro flasks well, my every day. Mine's a Stanley, but uh, to be honest, and, I, I like hydro flasks and better. W- one to two 12 ounce coffees. So it's like. Well, I have you beat on the coffee. That's you do <laughs> no have No surprise there. So, um, yeah. you know, I just, I, it's just important shit to me. I have, there's like six different supplements I take every night before I go to bed. Just, mm-hmm. just so I get better sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, like. You really prioritize your, your health and your mental health. But I, I really think you prioritizing your physical health is what actually is helped your mental health without you even trying. So I think that's just, it's really interesting. It's, it's actually a really good takeaway for, for, for me too, for us adults. Um, 
I want to ask you about the pressure, uh, something that I've been talking to your sister about, my, my daughter Jasmine, um, your sister, obviously your sister. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you about the pressure um, that kids have at like 16, 17, 18, that somehow they know what they want to, they, they want to, they should have their life figured out at that <sighs> age to know what college to apply to or like what they're going to do after high school and like, She's at the age now where she's 15 and a half and she gets asked all the time, oh, have you thought about what you, and I'm like, she's freaking 15. Like, yes, she has some kind of an idea, but the idea that you should, that you should know what you want to do or be as a 16, 17, 18 year old to me is ludicrous. Like the more I sat, sat and thought about it, raising you and now her at this age, um, what is the pressure, uh, like, because I know right now she's feeling it a bit, but I know that she's also one that will, she gets more anxious about these kind of things. Do you feel like you had that pressure to like um, make up your mind about what you wanted to do at that age? You're, def- you're definitely pressured. And I think that it's part of the system that they have you in. Like, look, I, I'm no fan of the way that schools are, no, same. are yeah. the, way, the whole way that the, the system works. Um, and it's definitely a thing where it's like, okay, we're, we're ending junior year, getting the senior year. It's like, now you have to decide what you're going to do for the rest <laughs> of your life. What are you going to major in? Like, what college? Yeah. Like, you, like, it's like, you yeah. basically feel like you're getting married to the rest of your life. Like yeah. that's, it feels like you have to pick, like, mm-hmm. you have to pick something. And like it, it, they, what's one thing that they don't go over is that like, like, I, I don't know what exactly the statistic is, but it's like more than half of people like have like more than two career changes throughout the rest of their life. So, yeah, it's like there's for me, I, I, I wasn't too worried about it. I knew that you guys would always like guide you guide me. Yeah. Um, but really, I just real estate was just like, yeah, it just fell, it fell right into place. Um, and, and it, it was something that I did love. I like I, I thought that it was cool. And I, I like the idea of not having to do the same thing every single day that fits in with more of my ADD. Yeah. You know, and um, and you kind of felt. Yeah, um, into real estate a bit just because you come from a real estate family between our side and your dad's side. And so it was kind of natural, even though I raged against it. I did not want you to go into real estate at all. But you are such a natural at it that I'm glad that you did end up getting your license and, and, and going on that path. It's what brought you back to Sacramento. Um, and as we wrap up, I just want to talk a little bit about that. I just want to basically, um, you got into real estate for for young people basically who are looking to get into real estate you got into real estate by working by getting a job working in the back end of the business learning the marketing learning learning the business basically and that's what really gave you the um strength to go out on your to to start selling how important was that did that did that how important was that for your success super important yeah so i know that you know i'm when you're born and raised by like like broker, uh, big real estate brokers, both my stepdad and my dad, it's like I definitely it is in me, you know, and I did learn a lot from that. But no, I learned the bulk of it from being uh, from eight thirty to five o'clock Monday through Friday in San Diego, working in the front desk office. I was the administrative assistant for a real estate t- team of fifteen agents down there for eight months, I yeah. believe, from from January to August. Um, and that taught me the most about what it actually takes, the different kinds of agents, the different kind of agent that I can be, the different, um, you know, I was doing the grunt tasks, but, you know, it, 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 it made the grunt tasks easier for me to, to do now that I'm, I am an agent. I don't, you know. Yeah. And it gave it, you, I feel like you gave you so much confidence going into the business to go out on your own and start selling and working with clients. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and it, it gave, yeah, there was an energy in that office too that was really beneficial for me yeah. to like, it really made me believe that I could do it because there was other younger people, you know, people in their late 20s in, mm. in that office that were selling, you know, multi-million dollar homes. Yeah. And so it, you know, I learned a lot from, from rubbing elbows with those kind of people. Yeah. And, and truthfully was around the top agents in the San Diego area. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, great, ex- great stuff. Mm. Yeah, we're gonna have to I think we're gonna have to have you back on and like maybe do a podcast on uh, episode on like young professionals and like pitfalls or like I don't know I'm I'll, I'll come up with something but I feel like that would be this is a, that's another great conversation this is more as an aside so people know what you're up to but I'm gonna put in the show notes um your Instagram information so if anybody wants to follow what you're up to online and work-wise fitness-wise and um and and that kind of thing and then um yeah, and we'll, we'll have to have you back on. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, no? you're not, not missing right. anything. Feel free to, to follow along on Instagram. Uh, and first if people want to follow your Snap story, they could always send you a DM on Instagram and you can share. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a privated Snapchat story because right. I, I don't want to push it along on people. You know, it's it's for you. If you want to be part of it, then let me know and I'll add you to it on yeah. Snapchat. Okay, so I'll put that in the sh- I'll put um, his Instagram handle in the show notes, and we'll have him back on for a future episode to talk more about um, his work in real estate and um, maybe what he's been up against to try to make it as a young professional in that industry. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. For all, uh, um, for all of you guys who are listening, we will see you back here next week. Bye. That's all for this episode of Humanity Unlocked. Do you have a personal story to share with us? We're all ears. Visit humanityunlockedpodcast.com and send us an inquiry. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe to hear weekly episodes of our show.